Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes the best acrylic paints, matte colors, fluorescent colors, varnishes, mediums, high flow paints, Williamsburg oils, core watercolors, and so much more. Golden maintains a culture of individual excellence and community involvement. They have sponsored Paint Day to provide the people who make the paint experience painting and Kids Day when kids come and see their parents work and get to use the product. The Seconds program offers paint that doesn't meet Golden Standard and offers it at little or no cost to employees, local artists, or nonprofit organizations. Golden constantly strives to outdo itself by operating on three principles. Make the best products, provide customers with the best service, and find people who can make the first two happen. You can find Golden at your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Adebayo Balaji is a multidisciplinary artist living and working in London, England. At the center of his practice is the dialogue of change and the focus of the individual within a connecting society, whether that be anthropological, religious, historical, or popular culture. The use of mixed media, vigorous and metaphorical language is a crucial element in his work, helping to narrate a different story within each painting, allowing for the viewer to take on an active role in the work. Balaji has exhibited internationally in London and Zurich with artist residencies in New York and Margate, including an artist residency with Yinka Shonabare MBE guest projects. His work has been covered in Forbes, The New York Times, Dazed, Architectural Digest, W Magazine, and many others. I spoke to Adebayo over the net from London for a talk about race, Black Lives Matter, finding painting after studying law, and becoming an actor and a director, making sculpture, John Coltrane, Nigerian folk music, and much more. Here's our conversation. Thanks for doing this. That's cool. That's cool. Where are you? I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. Wow, you're That's... like in the in the in the heat of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2020, man. <laughs> I keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I talk to now, it's like the, the opening theme is like this year, man. It's just been. Yeah. It's been a lot, you know. I was saying, like, if if someone made a movie, all you have to do is just say 2020. Yeah. And everyone knows what it means, like. Right. You don't need a blurb for that, you know. <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah, it's funny that it's 2020 because that is kind of like it works as far as like yeah. a, you know, enigmatic title to a year. Yeah. Not you know, like 2021 was... or something. It's right. like <laughs> definitive, right. I remember in 99, you know, uh I was only in New York for a little bit at that point. And uh yeah. I was working my first job was working at uh Macy's doing window display. Okay. Right in the middle of 34th Street. And this was right before Y2K, which was like, you know, everyone yeah. was freaked out and, you know, yeah. just worried. And, you know, I'm commuting on the subway to Midtown. And yeah, I remember just feeling a little anxious about the whole thing because they were playing it yeah. up in the media. Like, you know, all the computers are going to die and everyone's yeah. going like, <laughs> to freak out, you know. And uh, once that passed and... The fridges was, and stuff are not going to work and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, we're all going to fall into, like, zeros and ones and everything's going to yeah, turn into chaos. I know, and it was, 
it was totally fine. And then I think after that, you get this feeling of like, well, dates aren't, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to dates anymore. Yeah. But 2020 yeah. is trying to fight that serious. <laughs> did, did you read any of these stories about the Mayan, the interpretations of the Mayan calendar and like the end of the world, I think is like in a day or two or something? <laughs> Do you know what? I've, I've tried to be really selective with what my mind is reading. Yeah. Because at some point it's just like, I mean, the internet anyway, as you know, is overload of information. Oh, yeah. But it's just the kind of information that we're getting. And it's at some point I'm like, okay, how's my well-being? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this is, yeah. Yeah. In a big event, I think it's natural. Like people just pay attention more because you do want to be somewhat informed. Yeah. But being informed these days is yeah, a it's lot. a different kind of vibration, man. <laughs> it's not like I mean, like when the um, coronavirus broke out, the conspiracy conspiracy theorists were just like at peak, and yeah. it's not like some of the stuff they were saying is substantial. Like probably like ten percent of what they're saying. I'm like, yeah, that's quite objective. Yeah, that's not far fetched. And right. then you're going into other things where I'm like, now nah, you're just contradicting yourself. Yeah, just but, reaching. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> big I, time. I think I think of like media and information now when you want to get into it, it's like stepping into the ocean. Except this yeah. isn't still it's not still water. So you can't just put a couple yeah. feet in. It's like a giant yeah. wave. Like as soon yeah. as you get in there, you and can't avoid and, it. And how you step into it, it's funny you should say that because how you step into it is ironically you are a part of the conversation because you're adding information or a response to the yeah. dialogue that's really happening and someone else is reading the thing that you are saying yeah. and they're taking what you're saying possibly seriously as well. And right. so it's this like kaleidoscope, this ongoing like ripple of information. And unless, depending if you're on a balanced individual that you'll be going, okay, this makes sense for me. That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a, I mean, that's why people are anxious and it's, it's a lot of stuff to take in, you know, I don't think our brains are made for, or we haven't evolved to the point of taking in this much stuff. I think that's why people have a hard time mentally just like sifting through it all. It's too much, you know? Yeah. How how do you handle it? I I mean, I'm, I think I'm doing as well as, as you can do, you know, I'm I'm just privileged. I'm in a good spot to where I have a place, you know, and I have, a job and I can get by. So I, I'm not yeah. complaining at all. You know, I know for a lot of other people, it's got to be really tough. So yeah, I feel lucky in that sense. Um, yeah. Are things over there? Like is the, what's the temperature of things? Uh, it's crazy, man. I mean, right now, of course, there's the, the narrative of race. Yeah. Um, and it's really funny because it feels like it's a narrative that's been constant in my life just by virtue of who <laughs> me being black. And then all of a sudden it's like a narrative that you carry maybe subconsciously. It's not amplified, but it's just there. The volume has been turned up. Yeah. And then other people have kind of jumped onto that narrative for good reasons or for what bad reasons, but it's all amplified. So what am I saying? I'm saying that right now it's, it's like, the twilight zone so there's people all of a sudden discovering race as if it's something new like i've come out from a cave you know (laughs) right and it's like whoa and then wanting to read these books and get into it and then there's half of us that are kind of exhausted because they're like 
there was one point in my life where I kind of dealt with that and yeah. not that the topics dealt with, but you found a, a kind of equilibrium that you can just exist. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it, the, the climate's just, it's bittersweet. It's really great because the real things are happening. People are pushing and it's, it's like a, you've opened midway in a comic book and like these visual colors and characters are all coming out. And right. I think because we've all been, on lockdown it's given time for the mind to be thinking and stuff like this so everything's coming out and then on the other hand you're like what's happening though because i think what kind of shops are opening up again bit by bit and can i shake someone's hand yet can i hug someone <laughs> yeah right. yeah like how can what i does live this mean? yeah how can i live what does this mean for my work as an artist and so then other artists as well going do we have to does my work have to talk about this as well? Like if yeah. I don't talk about it, am I selling out? And it's, it's funny. Yeah. But I, it's, I, it's definitely not boring. I'll say that. That's true. You, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're present in whether yeah. we like it or not. Yeah. And I think that's important. Sometimes it's easier to just like, I'm sure you're what you're saying, that kind of idea of like, well, we've dealt with this. It's, it's not that you're comfortable with the situation, but you're like, okay, I just feel like this is what it is. Yeah. And now this yeah. happens and then everything is right back in, in everyone's yeah. face. But yeah. ultimately it's, it's for the best, like, you know, public consciousness and, and facing that's these right. things is really yeah, that's important. Right. And how the hell did it take this long for it to gain yeah. this much momentum? Yeah. That's you know, I don't know if you're... Yeah, I don't know if you're a football fan, but yesterday, you know, all the guys were playing and they had Black Lives Matter on yeah, the jersey, Black Lives which I Matter. thought yeah. was amazing. It's huge. And what Sterling has done and said for the sport and for just, yeah. you know, humanity, it's like, you know, because you huge. would hear, like, I'm a huge soccer fan and I play and, you know, it's important in my life. And like, you would read these stories about, you know, things people would chant from the, the crowd or like throw things at play. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? Are we there? But yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I live here. So look yeah. at what half the country here is like. You yeah, know? it's there. Like, it's it's so funny you should say that because I had someone on like Facebook was like, oh, this is double standards. Like the football teams here were not allowed to wear poppies. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, but yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And so like um, they weren't allowed to wear the poppies and why they're allowed to wear a Black Lives Matter. And I just thought, are we really getting to these slip, slippery slope arguments? Like football the race the racism that happens in football is huge yeah. i mean banana skins and stuff getting through i mean it's that alone there's some people in the uk because the racism that we kind of have here is let's say for one of expression sophisticated mm -hmm. so i mean i've lived in new york for a bit i've, I've shown there and worked there and when i was in new york the first time i ever went to new york i was 19 and i walked out of an apartment and i was like i'm black yeah. Like what I mean is like, I was so conscious of like my race when I'm in London, I just walk out and I'm at a, you know, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm faced with it, but the, the, the overtness of it was just very different. But when I went, when I was in America, I was very much aware that dude, you're a black man, right. you know, and it wasn't like a negative thing per se. It was just, I was so aware of it. And so like, there's this kind of, narrative here that oh we're not as bad and i'm like yeah because you don't experience <laughs> you don't experience it you're not facing it but it's happening here so i'm so glad that especially there are institutions like football uh the acting industry the entertainment industry and stuff it's still there art world 
Oh, big time. It's, it's not like there. there's, it's not yeah. like there's a, you know, fair shake. Yeah. And, and yeah. That, I mean, we're, you know, a lot of the recently, I think the art world, a lot of the discussion about, you know, the disparity between male and female artists yeah. in galleries and stuff like that has come, you know, has become sure. at least part of the discussion. Yeah. Let alone race. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like sad that that's got it's almost yeah. like in our country the history of like you know suffrage like the women's right to vote you know like it's playing yeah. out in this really slow manner i mean yeah ideally and if if one wants to be optimistic you're hopeful for younger generations change happens it's just way too slow you know what i mean yeah. and it's and it's not pervasive <laughs> enough but yeah. i mean you talking about your experience in new york and saying like okay i'm here in black and you know, in New York, there's there's there is a lot of diversity here. There's people from yeah. all over the world. I yes, mean, huge. Latino, I love Asian, it. Like every from everywhere. So yeah. people, it's almost like they're almost comfortable not being racist, but just like being like, oh, you're that person. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, of course. It's, people, it is. Yeah, you're used to other. Be, yeah, they shouldn't. It's funny because what if I think about mid 90s or if you think about prior to mid 90s and then you go back to 80s where it was like the AIDS epidemic yeah. and whenever there's a kind of epidemic then you see racial disparity again you see like whenever there's a kind of like problem then you also see how that problem seems to kind of express itself within communities right. when it was a, when they had the crack problem as well crack cocaine and you see all of these things and different communities come out so like you cannot what am I saying? Like when I was in America, it wasn't, it was not like a bad thing. And I don't think people should like pretend that, Oh my gosh, you're, you're black or white. No, it's like, yeah, that's who I am. I think it's when it starts defining my existence per se, that by virtue of me being black, therefore I do this right. or, you know? And yeah. so like when you're talking about the art world as well, I remember I was in Saatchi gallery and was for an opening for something. And, I hadn't even shown my work to someone. This woman just really, she, she ran up to me and she went, oh, African art, you know? And I was like, what? <laughs> she just like grabbed my finger, ah, smiling and oh, African art. I was like, okay, hello, first of all, my name. And like, right. you know, but it was just, it was funny. Yeah, the it's, art world seems <laughs> is, is really, I, I knew, it just seems slow to the whole understanding of, you know, diversity and, and what it means in artwork and, you know, yeah. because you'll have galleries who have an artist who's like, you know, an Asian, like a Japanese artist or, mm -hmm. you know, a Chinese painter and, and it looks like yeah. this. So I want to get yeah. a gallery, you know, an artist, a Chinese artist yeah. like that in my gallery and sell that yeah. kind of work. It's always a yeah. kind of work and has a yeah. certain look. And it's like, yeah. no, there's a lot of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like people are doing well, other things. It doesn't have to yeah. look like A, B or C, you know? Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the thing. There's like, it's a difficult discussion because not difficult, but interesting. Like, so with other artists who are black, there, there are people who would definitely go, no, I'm a black artist. They'll say right. that. And they'll go, because blackism being black has been, been, that's how they've seen themselves because that's what society has said about them. And so they've claimed that back in a different way and going, okay, yeah, fuck you. This is, you know, I'm a black artist and yeah, yeah I make black art. In that context, I completely understand what that what that person means. Right. You know, I completely get the vibrations of what they're saying. 
But then there's the other side now. I think it's when that becomes an absolute and someone becomes objectified because, I mean, do I meet a white person and say, do you make white art? Like, right. what, does that, what does that look like? I mean, yeah. a white person, you can just make art, right? It's just art. Exactly. You're unencumbered by, you know, the packaging of it. Yeah. You know what just I mean? Express like, yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, if I if I paint beach scenes, no one's going to be like, "Oh, the white artist who paints artist. beach." No. Like, yeah. You know, if you turn around and your next show is completely like abstract minimalism. Yeah. It's not just going to be your foray into abstract minimalism. It's yeah. going to be like you. Your, you, you know what I mean? Exactly. It can't just be seen as constantly. an artistic. Yeah, constantly. And that's, I think that's why I deliberately, like I. I when I was first like to show my work, I had offers from, yeah, they're really good prominent spaces and stuff, but they wanted to push me into that narrative. Yeah. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. And people are like, oh, you're arrogant or you have to find a way in. Yeah, I understand that. But I was like, this is, this is where I have control over how I'm seeing and what my work is about, you right. know? Yeah. Well, um, I, when and thinking about you and like reading about your history and I right. mean there's a lot to talk about and I don't know how I'm <laughs> going to cover <laughs> like it's really <laughs> exciting because um you know you've talked you've spoken a lot about music and how influential that is and that's a mm -hmm. big part of you know our discussions on here and you know I love music um yeah but also I mean you know the path of like law to theater to acting yeah. to yeah. painting like how did that trajectory happen i mean we so your parents were it came from nigeria right they moved to that's london right. from nigeria yeah and yeah, were they right. in the creative field at all uh musically yes because my dad uh was a choir leader in the church and so he there was always music and even that aside there was just i mean vinyl 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 collections of yeah. of everything so i was always surrounded by sound um, and then I think one of my brothers, he was a visual artist, like at school, like actually studying it. But you know what? Like when I, in hindsight, when I look back, I'm like, what was the thing that was sticking to me about this? And yeah. I know it's, it can sound probably shallow, but it can be anything from clothes to the aesthetic of magazines or like prints and just the African culture is so visually rich. Let me be specific. Right. West African Nigerian culture as well is so visually rich that I think it can be, if there's that muscle already inside your head that's attracted to that, like a, let's take visually like a magnet, if that's just around you, then you're soaking that up without you knowing, or at least me without me knowing. And so when it got to me making work, it was just all coming out. Yeah those visual representations because i i actually rejected my culture so to speak like for a while like in my teens it's very much pressed on me like don't forget who you are don't forget who you come from and i was like no nah, i don't want anything to do with this because it was forced on me yeah. and then when i got into my mid-20s and started to really experience the world as a young man then i wanted to go okay who am i yeah that's the art, I, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that like for all kids? It's kind of like yeah. when you're a teenager, you want to rebel, whatever yeah. it is. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It's just, you know, whatever your parents do for a living yeah. or whatever people think you are, you know, you just want to like fight that and then you'll yeah. come back to it. You back. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, you had that? What was yours? 
No, I mean, I don't, uh, for me, I don't have culture. (laughs) 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 I mean, I grew up, (laughs) I grew up in Pittsburgh in like a working class neighborhood that, you know, I just didn't, I have no sort of like ethnic relationship to, I'm just a mix of so many things that there was no, you know what I mean? Culture was just like, you know, playing soccer, music. There was a way of doing, yeah. But for I mean, me, like, me, pushing back was kind of like, I want to skateboard, I want to play in a band, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to just, you know, crunch numbers at school or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, you're standard, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, punk aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you get older and you're like, yeah, I was just rebelling because I had hormones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I had to. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, mate, it was really, really hard because... No, they if I really think back to those times, they were really dark, depressing times. Like you mentioned law and so like in a nutshell, I was a child actor and West End, which is the equivalent of Broadway and all that yeah. stuff. I did like shows on the stage really well. And then my dad, Dad and I just came head to head and he was like, What are you doing? This thing is just totally temporary. You know you're gonna get serious and study something properly. And I mean, it was a huge argument, but when I was having no support, even from my brothers or from anyone else saying, yeah, follow this creativity, like acting that you were doing, no one was supporting me. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're in an environment where you don't even, you can't have, a, there's no visual representation, there's no one older than you who's doing that thing as well. You're kind of, first of all, I was the only, let me just be straight, black person in that community. We say TBG, which is like token black guy. Right. So you'd be, I was the only one. And it, that didn't mean anything. I don't, I don't walk around with some sticker going, oh, because I'm black. I, feel, I didn't feel anything. It's just you're made aware of it in certain circumstances. Right. And then, so there's just no, there was no support system. So I just ended up doing this law degree and I hated it. It was the worst years of my life, partly. But at the same time, I... I did love the like philosophy of it and right. the the legal structure of like arguments and how you have to be unequivocal with your words, etc. Like I was generally loving that stuff, but I was still in like rebelling it because I was like, "Oh, you should go and do that." Right, but that's the container of it. Was yeah, yeah, it never left me. Sitting there in books all day and like as yeah. a creative person, that's like you know, that's kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's real death, and it's not even like the thing is. You can't, you can be a math, like with math, for example, you can not study. And if you've got a mathematical brain, you can kind of work things out, but you cannot not study the law. No. Like you have to read that. It's just information that you (laughs) have to read. Yeah, exactly. You have to know what it is. Yeah. And so like, so funny enough, I fell in love with other things that I wasn't, I thought were kind of boring. So I never used to read a lot, but dude, I read all the time i mean outside my subject area for escape reasons i fell in love with cinema like i hadn't before like religiously pick up sight and sound and fell in love like films i watched when i was younger but not really for myself like spike lee films especially because of ernest dickinson like those 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 colors and woody allen because of his use of language like i just Yeah. yeah i just was exposed but on my own, not because my anyone was, I was just looking for culture, like film culture and stuff, because I wanted to escape. Yeah. But all this time, if I look back on the stuff that I do now and I kind of tie it all up, it's kind of like you're, you're inputting something into your system. Yeah. 
you know. It's like ingredients into your cultural life. Yeah, exactly. Building up the things that kind of make up, you know, let's say a bolaji piece of work or something. So sometimes people like to look at the work and find one line to it. And it's very, mm-hmm. actually, it's more complex than that. Yeah. Um, well, that's everyone's job is to boil things down to like one line and yeah, <laughs> you know, so to boring. not look deeply into things. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the most frustrating things I think about our current sort of culture or way of being is that there's so much going on yeah. that the, the deep dive, like the long look at things is just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's there <laughs> as much anymore, you know, because I teach and like, I feel like a lot of my students, they just... Mm. You know, it's the Google thing. It's like, oh, you should look yeah. at this artist, you know? Yeah. Looking at the artist is like turning on Google, doing an yeah. image search for like 15 seconds and saying, all right, yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Or even trying to understand something. So if people want to have arguments online about politics or whatever like that, just Google things together, tie up something that gives you that confirmation bias, and right. then you have your argument, and then you present it. Yeah. And that's not really understanding no. Something, that's like the know? Twitter. That's like the Twitterification of like yeah. thinking about yeah. things. The, the McDonaldization of like thought. Yeah, you know? which is yeah. counterintuitive to artists because honestly, we're spending so much time in our studios. Yeah. You know, like it, that's and also sometimes it's heartbreaking because if you like work on a show for two years, yeah, and you're really invested in this idea, and it gets boiled yeah. down to a one statement press release where it's like. Yeah, been interested in surveillance or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's a lot more than that. But yeah, I think that's the the trick is trying to get people to to look into something a little deeper than that quick Google yeah. image search or whatever it is. Yeah. But I think that's that's the way it is. It's the art verification of you know of like <laughs> seeing things and like four million things in like a half yeah. an hour in a mall like space. <laughs> Knee jerk reactions, but I mean like it always feels somewhat daunting kind of saying how I got to really where I am now. Cause where I am now for me, this is me a hundred percent. Like it, it's taken a while from yes, studying law, working in the city. And then I actually felt sick. I had a breakdown. They didn't know what was wrong with me. Checked my blood, everything. And they thought they were like, no dude, you're stressed. And so I just left this job and um, ended up working in a bookshop where these two elderly women became like my best mate. I was like a recluse. <laughs> they were like, seriously, man, they were like so cool. I would spend my Friday evenings with these two ladies that were probably three times my age or something. <laughs> I just want to hang out with anyone. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I'd lost, I didn't know even really who I was because it was just weird going from this child actor into a corporate world, into a bookshop, a charity bookshop that sold theology and philosophy finding comfort in that and with these two women who were just it was just peace yeah. i didn't want to talk to i just didn't want to do anything and people were like what's happened to ade don't see him anymore you know i'd put on weight or whatever and and then just one day sitting outside the shop um it was like an open road like dude you can do whatever you want with your life it's like no one's in your way and then i thought that's true like what what do i want to do and i took four days well it was seven actually to do this sabbatical kind of fast where you just leave everything alone and you deal with mm-hmm. your thoughts and on the fourth day i'll never forget it was someone was playing um a school play that i had done and i could hear it in the next room and it was like a little light bulb i was like remember you used to perform and that was the opening where i was like oh yeah crap like i'm a performer or whatever and 
that was a little opening for me. I went to audition for like one of the top schools in London, got in, did an MA, finished that, was been working in the acting industry professionally, but something was still, it was annoying because something was still not right. Yeah. So it, it was, was just, kind of like you, you felt like a, you needed to express yourself and then yeah. you, naturally you kind of fell back into the, the mode that you were doing that when you were doing younger. before. Yeah. But, then, but I didn't, it, yeah, it. but it was not, that's not the medium. You're actually the first person to kind of really get that, say, and no, 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 because what you just said is quite key. You're like, I needed to express myself yeah, so I can feel something and I know like I need to move. It needs to move. It's quite loud. And so immediately, what do we do? We do with the thing that's most close to us. That's our body. Yeah, there's a comfort. Because expression is a language. Yeah. And you're going to revert, if you're trying to express something, you're going to revert to a language that you're familiar with. You know, for you, acting or performing in that way was some a type of expression you're familiar with. You know, it's not like you would think at that point, you know what, ceramics. Yeah. That's going to (laughs) be. It's so you know, true. It, it yeah, could be, exactly. but how would you know that? Because you yeah. haven't spoke that language yeah. really, yeah. you know? And and I think a lot of times people, I always feel like people who don't find what they want to do in life, it's so mm. it's kind of heartbreaking in a way, but I feel like everyone has that something that gets them going probably, but they just haven't yeah. tried it or haven't been exposed yeah. to it, you know? Because yeah. a lot of us who found art, it was through an old teacher or it was just, yeah. you know, there's it's not like you sat out and said like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an artist. No. You just are in a class or you're, you're drawing or something happens to where you're like, Oh, this is fun. Or you're in college. There's so many people I speak to who start school, not in art. Mm -hmm. And then they go take an art class or they're in the art building and they're like, Oh, this Mm -hmm. is interesting. And you know, the more they're around it, they're like, Oh, this, you know, I feel like I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a matter of, of finding that language that best gets your expression across. That's right. Not easy to align with, especially, you know, needing to pay bills and, and, you know, experience, you know, providing for yourself. It's not the most ideal way. And it's never in culture kind of said like, you know how you can make money? Be an artist. (laughs) (laughs) It's always like, you know how you can be hungry? (laughs) Be an artist. (laughs) No, it's true. And also the, the, the language that I, all the, the words that I grew up was like anything to do with art equals poverty. Yeah. Starving artists. Every, anyth- yeah. Everything to do with art equals rebellion equals this equals that. So there was no positive connotation on it at right. all. And, and also I, c- I couldn't really see anyone that looked like me. Right. And on a subconscious level, that's really important. Like that I couldn't see anyone that, was like me I think like I don't even mean speaks like you but maybe like just thinks like me mm-hmm. and then um when I first started to actually paint like this need to express myself they started as headaches because I'm lucky that my body was just falling sick right. I was just in a lot of pain I was doing great work I was getting good acting job didn't my career was not bad it's like going really well but um yeah it was at one point it had to come to a halt because the headaches were so bad that I remember just being in tears and literally saying, like praying, going, okay, who, what's going on with me? Yeah. And then it was just like a little, as dramatic as this sounds, like I can only just speak my, my story. It was like a voice saying, go and buy paint. That's what I heard. Yeah. And when I heard it, it was so comforting. It was like, oh yeah, it's like, 
yeah, that makes sense. But because you hear something, then you instinctively, I think, you visualize yourself doing it. And then when you visualize yourself doing it, you get a sense of what that might feel like. All of these thoughts kind of happening one go. Right. And when I had that thought, it was like, yeah, that's going to feel good. That's, that's going to help. Yeah. And as soon as I picked it up, I knew exactly what I wanted to say. I even knew the kind of paint. I knew it couldn't be watercolor, which kind of trickles away from you. It had to be immediate acrylic it had to be heavy body just all these things instinctively i was like that's going to help get this thing out yeah and did it you did. did the headaches start to subside Mate, immediately and i went up to the, i was living in a house share at that time not in my own place and i just went up to the top bathroom and i was crying yeah because i was like oh my gosh of course it well, made sense because i was in control because as an actor, you're fulfilling someone else's vision. And an actor, I, you're you are the pain. Right. The director is the painter, really. Yeah, you know. And so I just felt out of place. Like I understood the process, and and what I would always enjoy as an actor is the rehearsal process, because right. that was like making. Yeah, yeah. Once we once once we're done, you're just like performing. What about directing? I would imagine that is fulfilled. now. Yeah, I, I still I direct now as well. I, yeah. I own a theatre company, and and that just complements what I do as a as a painter. So if I'm not working on a project, they just kind of go hand in hand. So I make films, I make work for stage. Um, they they are all from the point of view of my work. Yeah. my vision, my idea without sounding egotistical. But I mean, it's just, that's what wants to happen. Like <laughs> right. that's, that's how it's, that's not even, I don't kind of even have a saying it. If I ignore it, I just start having headaches. So <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, art, art is a necessity to keep, well, stress yeah. is real, man. It does some real stuff to you physically. I think people yeah. underestimate, you know, just how stress can affect like the mm. body and, and if yeah. you're constantly in this feeling of like i'm not getting my voice heard or like i can't find you know the right vehicle of expression that's not mm. going to be good for you yeah it will it will let you know like yeah something how, right. how how differently do you think it would be if you grew up in nigeria around what people where you wouldn't feel like i'm other or like you know yeah. you're so conscious of being yeah you know, the only person like you in a group or something? Yeah. Good question. Um, Hard to say, right? Like what? Yeah. If? I, yeah. I mean, I think a lot would be different because I, even my, the way I'm going to answer this now is based on a system of thinking that's based on where I've, where I'm, right. Where I've been. Yeah. Like it's all been informed. The only thing, the only parallel I can find is, okay, how do people like my mum? and friends who've grown up in Nigeria think differently compared to how I think. Yeah. Culturally, there's not much that difference. There's not much difference on certain things, but the honest answer is, I, I when I think about it, I really don't know. I have this hunger to go back there now, and because of what's come out in my work, really go to Southwest, where my father's from, Ushun State. Mm-hmm where it's real kind of like in certain villages, like the kind of art that my art maybe mirrors a bit, you see it raw. Right. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. There's just things that we really love here that people go, oh, wow, this is from Africa. You, when you go to Africa itself, or let me say Nigeria, you see that stuff 
in front of you, you know, right. yeah. um, we can just contextualize it, put a red board around it and it gives it, highlights it a bit and you're like, wow, yeah. this, but it's just there. Right. Yeah. Well, the, it's so much of, uh, I mean, uh, not to, to assume that I know that much, but it seems like yeah. so much of culture there is about the utilitarian aspect of creativity. So like, I think in Nigerian folk music, it's about day to day. It's about like agriculture and it's, it, you know, it's about God and, and yeah, it's not, that's right. right. It's not so much about performing. I'm not talking about like juju and like more current, yeah. stuff, like old, you know, sure. native stuff is about kind of, you know, day to day activities. So art is yeah. part of life. It's like that. Uh, yeah. In Asia, you know, like in Japan, yeah. like ceramics and, and there's there's a real love of sort of the artwork that's yeah. um, part of utilitarian life, you know, like yeah. kimono and design, yeah. like all that stuff. It's not that, so that's separate. What, that's why there's difficulty in seeing it, funny enough, as a profession. Right. Because it's just what you do. Yeah. So when they see someone highlighting it, it's like, oh, you, you're not serious. You're lazy. Right. Because what's the big deal in that? You know, because, but I think what really clever people do, like Wale Shoyinka and people who are like known globally, like Nobel Prize writers, you know, winners and stuff, they highlight, the, they uplift that beauty in the culture and say, look, do you realize what you have here is really great? Have you looked at it this way? And even my father and mom, when they come to exhibitions of mine, they're looking at what I'm doing and they're going, oh, our culture's rich. Right. Because they're right. seeing people come into a room, yeah. pay certain amounts of money for it as well, right. write about it, take it home, talk about it, maybe laugh, cry, whatever. And then so now they're looking at our culture objectively going, oh, yeah, it's important. Right. It's bizarre. It's because like if you think about the early times of where art is just ingrained in part of your day to day, it's not thought yeah. of as art. It's just expression. It's part of your day to day. That's right. It's intertwined and it's no one questions it. It is That's like right. you go out, you find food, you come back and you play music or something after That's you eat, right. you know, like, and yeah. then it got so separated with society and with the complexities yeah. of, our, of society and, and human nature. And then mm. we have to bring it back in to tie it back together and be like, look, this is important. <laughs> you know, like I just saw an article i forget what it was a big newspaper or magazine where they were talking about the five most essential jobs and the five least essential and yeah. artist is number yeah. one and i saw that that's such a problem because <laughs> like if you think about those early days it was just yeah. you eat and then you create and you perform yeah. and express and it's just it's part of human nature what makes us human but we've we've gotten we've evolved to this point to where art is just totally not important yeah and like what are we robots so so yeah. the most important thing is just like you know making uh, making things that only serve the ex the extension of the human race it's like yeah maybe all that stuff that we're inventing is going to destroy the planet anyway you know what i mean it's yeah because we see things in its value like you can't see how intrinsic something is to you um, and I think also accessibility and the popularity of things takes away how important that thing is yeah when I when I was in Athens two years ago uh, I went into an archaeology museum and you could see the craft of all of these bits of like pots and statues and stuff. And you could tell like there was, these were really expensive and really valuable 
because I think of the rarity of them. And um, being in the museum now as well, you could see like this thing's very rare. But I think right. over time, because of the accessibility and maybe even now, let's say the internet, because of speed, all of these things, you, you can't really see clearly or you don't even know how something's contributing to your way of life. Right. So it takes sometimes an epidemic to strip something back and then you start seeing the value of stuff. So people are going, what do I need now? I need to eat. I need a roof over my head. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if they want to say they don't need art, well, that's bollocks because like entertainment, the need to be entertained or the need for communication, the need for your, the psychology, your mind to be balanced. That's, that's fed by someone feeding you with some kind of artistic culture whether you realize it or not you know no and people don't realize it but i'll tell you what if you took away the internet during this pandemic and you took <laughs> away any movies or any yeah. music musical instruments yeah. mm. or paint it's not gonna be pretty yeah no it's true <laughs> things are gonna it's get so rough <laughs> yeah <laughs> both it's like so mentally and in society you know when people yeah. get out they're just gonna you know people be going crazy that's what we yeah. need that as much as you know it doesn't seem essential like we don't eat paintings of course but and yeah. we don't eat music but we yeah. sure do need it you know it's yeah. part of our I, I and just, we're using design all the time like yeah. even if you might have black lives matter or like <laughs> a statement or you're trying to get something across in order for that thing to read someone's thought about the visualization of that someone's you know there's right. you can't get away from it yeah totally i'm like i'm amazed at these uh the the football games where they're putting the fake crowd in and the crowd noise to make it right. so you're not depressed yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> that's but it, it's yeah. this, this creative it's technically yeah. it's a creative thing you know but it's like yeah see, this is comfortable. This is like old times, you know, to make everyone feel better. They and do like, that with it, some pubs as well, apparently. Like you can switch on pub noises. Oh, like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's quite, so you feel like you're having a drink at a bar or something. And I, I tell you, that's yeah. it. I, I, I'm so busy with like, you know, making work and teaching and all this other stuff that I mm -hmm. do that I don't, I wasn't getting out enough to see live music. You know, I just was right. neglecting it. And I live in yeah. New York where you could go out every single night and, yeah, and, and see amazing find, stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the things right now that I'm just so missing. I mean, some people yeah. are doing these like Instagram lives, which is really cool. And like a lot of people are becoming more accessible in like, yeah. but there's nothing like going to see live music nah, and that's, that's rough. Yeah. You, you start to see... I mean, like, yeah, I miss the the thing I'm missing the most is like I want to go go into a space and see something live. Even like galleries were opening up yesterday, and I want to yeah. go up up close right. to something and have it breathe. Definitely not on a yeah. two inch by two inch square. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nah. I want to I want to feel the thing, and or yeah. even the work that I'm making. I'm like. It's, I'm it's just surrounded by me. I want it like get out, go somewhere and right. you know. Yeah, it's been a lot of like me for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. But like I've, I've since the quarantine hit, I've been working on like work small works on paper. And yeah. I feel like the intimacy of it and the sort of tacked yeah. down nature of that 
like working small has been really nice in the environment yeah. of what's going yeah. on. And I think artists do that. Like we just kind of like react to the environment, you know, a lot That's of times. Right. And yeah. uh, I feel bad, like, because I think for, you know, someone working in their studio, usually it's a solitary thing. It's like you yeah. in a box making pictures. Yeah. Um, that works well, actually. You know what I mean? Mm. For people like who perform live music like that. I mean, it's probably good for writing music because you can. Yeah just you know lock up and, and write on stuff and make stuff but performing that's difficult like people yeah. on broadway and theater people, yeah i mean that's not easy yeah and you know like with those industries like just yesterday the west end was told it's not going to open till next year Oof. and yeah you it's really weird when when the covid19 broke out i was like well what's actually changed for me i work on my own anyway yeah like but it's it's choice the minute you take away choice it's the idea that i'm not allowed to go into the pub and shake someone's hand right it's the idea that i can't it's just when that's taken away then you start to go you can get into panic mode i mean i didn't thankfully but i can imagine one getting into oh crap 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 what am i gonna do what am i gonna do but like you said people adapt and i remember saying in one discussion i think picasso like during the war, like he was when he was on the boat, he couldn't get art materials, so he was just using what was around him, and he was painting on left like envelopes and yeah, his papers, and you just, you, you you art's responsive. You start to respond to your environment, right? Yeah, and and you know some of the some of the most uh, amazing artwork has been made under really trying conditions, you know. Mm. So I think it, yeah. I mean, when I'm teaching, I'm trying to tell students like, look, I know it's hard to be in your parents, your old bedroom in your parents' house making a big <laughs> But, you know, all it takes is like a pencil and paper or, or, or anything to just try to keep that, yeah. you know, that wheel moving, you know. But mm. it, it, it's it's difficult. I mean, have you been working a lot since, you know, being, is your studio nearby or how's it working? Yeah, my studio is like 20, 25 minutes away. I haven't really been going to the studio. I bought the print, uh, brought paintings into my house. Yeah. And uh, so I've been painting at home, but then making sculptures as well. And so I have an assistant that helps with the assembly, like the basics of these sculptures. Mm-hmm. And he has the tools in his studio. Like we're drilling through steel and stuff like that. I don't have that. So I've been going to his studio so I, I am moving out of my place to make work, but it's still not the same. So luckily my studio is a really good size so I can still work there. At least I've still got that, but yeah, I'm just making it from home. I'm still at first I wasn't making any work because I thought that it, the, the default mode is for when we all went on lockdown, people who were not on the internet, everyone was on the internet, yeah. you know, Everyone right. was doing a fitness live class, a this class, blah, <laughs> right. blah, blah. And it wasn't essentially that they were just trying to find something new. They just moved yeah, from not being online to being online. And I use like Instagram as an extension of my work. Like I'll, I'll post something on average at least once a day yeah. because it's kind of like a mood board for me. So I'm not kind of going, I work in my studio. Oh, and then I'm going to go do something on Instagram. They're all kind of connected for me. Yeah. So I could see all of this new action online and it felt a bit much for my head. So I actually took a break and I was like, 
I'm not doing anything for a while. I don't want to. Yeah, it was a lot of noise. Yeah, I think so I, I think that initial yeah. jump was was really yeah. people feeling like you're saying like panicked about yeah. the idea of not connecting. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, exactly. oh, once that's taken away, it's almost yeah. like in week nine, they're doing better than week three because in week three, yeah. they're like, oh my God, this is like, yeah, yeah. we all have this like feeling when something drastic happens like that, that it's going to be like that forever. Forever. That's why everyone was like, what, shopping for toilet paper and all that craziness? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's this kind of like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's like, whoa, slow down. And I didn't want to be really cynical with the dedication of like, someone coming online and doing a yoga meditation warm-up for 20 minutes, nine o'clock every day. But I was like, I bet in two weeks time, you're going to stop doing that right? because you're going to, you're going to climatize and you're going to realize you don't have to panic. You're going to realize you can still exist. You know what I mean? No one's going to yeah. leave you. Right. So it's, it was the initial shock. And then now you've seen everyone kind of adapt to this new way of living. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, I think artists, a lot of them are, were kind of like, well, we're kind of cool with we're this. Right. I mean, we yeah, we this usually do like, this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. more of just like if their studio was really far away and they couldn't get to yeah. it where they feel like, yeah. ah, but you know, it's kind of like we're, we're used to being. This is the same. Yeah. I'm on my own. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's it. So let's talk about your work in general. Like when you first had that notion to pick up the paint, you knew yeah the heavy body acrylic, like you had a feeling of like, okay, I need to work with this. What, what about yeah. was the, the sort of iconography and the expression sort of coming out of what you were saying, a visual kind of encyclopedia of your mind. It was just through the history of, you know, your being and you were just getting it out. Or how did that manifest itself? Good question. Because I was asked, I've asked that myself, like, what makes someone say when I draw this face, I'm going to draw it like this, you know, yeah. or when I draw the hat, I'm going to draw it like this. And so when I started painting at first, cause I, cause I write. So when I was writing, I ended up doodling these heads and I'm like, why am I drawing these heads? It was really confusing. And I was just ignoring it. And this was before I had this thing of going by paint. But when I, when I bought the paint, they were sort of just combination of colors at first. Yeah. And I instinctively was understanding color. I didn't even think and go, oh my gosh, I, I use color well. It was other people that are saying, how do you, who told you how to use color like that? You know, yeah. um, or who told you to draw like that? And when I was sharing my work online, someone was like, oh, have you heard of Saitombly and Basquiat? And I was like, well, kind of i've like i'm aware of these things but i like i said i didn't go to a fine art school per se i didn't surround myself the the only exposure i had to fine art in that specific sense was going to like the national museum or gallery and and sitting down and that's looking at paintings like by rembrandt or like caravaggio and all of that kind of stuff right, yeah. you know not really the contemporary artists or let's say like 1950s onwards um so it was looking at you know really really early stuff and so i'm probably trying to think that's what i should be doing but what was right. coming out of me was almost like an eclectic it was just like hip-hop really if you feel it was just like responding moving yeah and then it was 
when people were saying your work reminds you of this person or that person and I went to look at it I was like oh wow like what's this like how did this happen you know right and then at first being kind of ticked off by it because I felt like oh I found something original um <laughs> but like you know there's this thing Martin Scorsese I think says that you might think you're the only one doing something but it's just because you haven't read a lot or seen a lot right, or right. something yeah yeah and then you realize there's a lot of it going on already <laughs> you know and yeah. so yeah I was starting to see these other people's work and I was a bit like oh fuck like okay so I was I was in, inspired by it but then kind of put off as well right and then I started to try and try and really be different and but my body just kept saying i have this expression like follow the line because the how this thing started was organically it's not like you woke up and you said i'm gonna go, like you said oh i'm gonna go and do ceramics or do paint no it's something that's coming out through you yeah and so be don't be afraid don't worry first of all about its visual expression just keep going and so I started to just do that more and more. And then I think I really kind of found my voice or found out what that thing is because it's self-examination. I think, uh, what's his face? Um, abstract expression, uh, abstract expressionist used black. He used black a lot. Oh, Ad Reinhardt. No. Hans Hoffman, um, not Pollock. Not oh, Pollock. Franz Klein, Franz Klein. Not not friends kind. Motherwell. <laughs> That's it. Motherwell. Yeah, Robert Motherwell. <laughs> so yeah, Robert Motherwell, um, there's a documentary of his that's great where he says like it's a constant self-examination of putting something down, taking it away, like a critique. And I knew that language because coming from a legal background, everything is critical. You're you're dealing with a case, dealing yeah. with mm-hmm. something case by case structure language narrative logic so all of these principles would just cross over and then i had those principles from the acting world you you give a, a given space and time dealing with a script a context a language movement they they just cross over yeah and mm-hmm. so the minute you spend more time with your craft then you kind of start to look at it like a physician and say like okay this works like this blah 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 you know what i mean yeah and i think you know I think the point that you're getting across to all the young artist listeners out there is to go to law school. This will <laughs> this yeah, will help right. you. In your <laughs> it's pretty amazing, like that kind of uh, problem solving. You know what I mean? Thinking about that translating to the creative process of, yeah. you know, working through these ideas and sort of yeah. taking this approach of like, yeah. you know, there's an intuitive part of it, That's but right. there's also a reflection on it that that yeah. enhances the discovery of it. Yeah, it it's goes cool. hand by hand. It goes side yeah. by side. You're asking a question. If I put blue down, you go, why? What does that do? Yeah, I'm not literally point by point asking those questions. If that's what's happening instinctively. Yeah. And then you're looking at, as you know, blue in relation to the rest of the space that's around it. And that's, your, that's, that's happening instinctively. But when I break it down and I use words to describe it, it's like, yeah, asking a question, solving a problem, et cetera, you know? Yeah, I'll give you an example of that kind of, the analytical versus the the expression side of it. Charlie yeah. Parker, when when Charlie Parker was playing bebop, he wasn't saying, "Okay, I'm going to break this melody down in the yeah. 24 notes for every four yeah. beat measure." Yeah. He was instinctively expressing that multitude of notes to create the melody out of like a That's sort of right. energy 
But that energy was related to sort of exploding the idea of conventional melody and conventional songwriting and music. That's right. So a lot of the great sort of um, way or I guess steps that are being made in creative expression aren't Hmm. pre-planned or figured out exactly. You know, it's not like you're saying in the moment, okay, here's what I'm doing. It's instinctive. It was, you know, it, it resonates with, you know, culture and society and what's happening within artwork. And then it, it, I mean, that's the idea of art being an unconscious representation of your age. Yeah. That's you know, right. The key is it's unconscious. You're not saying like, okay, I'm going to make artwork like this. No, that's going no. to mean that. You know, no. it's kind of like an intuitive, like it, it, listening to the 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 you know vibrations of everything, and then letting that's it right. just come out. That's right. You you use the word listening, and that's why I mean, it's being present. And you said Charlie Parker. I feel like we're speaking jazz, which is my home ground. I love it. Then your Coltrane for me is just basically one of my heroes, and. I love Supreme. Like, oh my gosh, I could just talk on and on about it and just how he was a channel really for something else that was just happening bigger than him for me. And I can sit and listen to that. I can feel lost and I can feel a bit puzzled about where to start. And I put that on and I'm okay. Yeah. Because it's just, and I, there's another jazz artist, Keith Jarrett, pianist, who just, he talks about the music being up in the air. And for some reason, there's the musician that once you touch that instrument, for some reason, you're kind of just chosen to kind of connect with that thing that's happening in the air. You're yeah. lucky, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I could, talk, to, I could yeah. talk for a day. I was a jazz DJ for five years. So it's, it's I, mean, oh, I grew sweet. up listening to jazz and it's important in my life too. I remember, you know, I love Supreme hearing that for the first time and then the Live in Japan record and, you know, in just being able to listen to that over and over and over again. Yeah. Oh, you DJ jazz then? Yeah. When I was in undergraduate school, I was a jazz DJ. Yeah. I just, it's, I don't know. It just, it just fits. You just, you, I think expose yourself to as much as possible, not because you want to like be like those people or anything, but it's, you kind of, to see if it sticks yeah you know because then you're you expose it so you can even reject it that's how i think it was again scorsese saying something like that in a masterclass that if you go and the reason why you go and watch as many different kinds of films from like from europe to asia or you read this is because just be aware that these things are happening right. and if they're right for you they come into your world and if they don't then you can reject it but know what you're rejecting yeah and I think yeah. part of it too is the idea of interconnectivity because it's all kind of an influence on each other, yeah. you know, whatever language you're in. Like thinking yeah. about jazz, I'm always really fascinated about jazz music as being this extension of music that came through the blues, through you know yeah. Mississippi, through yeah. New Orleans, through the Afro-Cuban, you know, yeah. in, from Africa. And yeah. then you had people like Art Blakey who traveled back to Africa, to yeah. Nigeria and to like Ghana yeah. and then picked up percussive things that came back yeah. to jazz yeah. and that sort of opened a door for fusion which yeah it's just amazing how yeah that back and forth happens diaspora yeah. of music and then you know yeah. how it influences things and i think that mm. happens with artwork and it happens with yeah so many different things but yeah i mean in music it's really compelling because you know i think music just talks to you it just goes straight into your ears yeah you know? i say it all the time it's it's so quick like, yeah it's, it's a pure, immediate you know? yeah yeah 
this media. Art, I art, think it's art is of, filtered through so much, like yeah. which is great. It's a great language. But yeah. it's, it's not as uh, it's not as primal in the sense that like the sound waves go in. Yeah, you feel it. You know. Yeah, that's why I relate to. Like a lot of the time, sometimes I won't even. I mean, I'm doing it more now. It depends. Like, I would need to have colors around, and I need to have a specific kind of paint, but I won't mix it. Sometimes, um, I would just pick it up and use it. Yeah. And it needs to be for my kind of work really quick and accessible like that because there's an idea that's happening right there and then. And so the first application of it is just pick that color up and you use it. You know, I don't get too intellectual about it. I don't mean, oh, there's no academia in there. There is in the subconscious, like it's there. Yeah. But I'm not being I'm not fussing myself over that. Right. So like, you know, I don't and there's no offense to anyone. I mean, if you start your work like this or others who need a brief before going into a work or like need a, a question, like how to give you a school, like some kind of context, I don't start like that. It's I go and make work. Yeah. I need to make, you know, I need to go and make. Right. And so you go into this space and you start to make. Like yeah, it's yeah. teaching me, you know, I'm not coming in to impose anything. It's <laughs> right. Right. You know? And it's, it's, it, you know, you can, use a color say like you need a red here because you need some heat or you need some energy yeah. and some yeah. blue here to cool things down that's color theory yeah. but it's not joseph yeah. albers you know you're not getting exactly you're exactly. using it but in in a way that's a little more intuitive that makes sense that's right the yeah. image which i think is I have, you know that happens all the time i think we, we think about music like punk was they're not saying like oh well we're using these three bar chords it was just like the energy of it you know that's what I mean? it but there yeah. is there is musicality to it and it is yeah. there's an aesthetic but it's yeah. more more weighted by the the directness and the raw like energy and emotion than you That's know right. the sort of polish of it and there's and a place what, for both you're right and with what's what was happening now so if you talk about yeah the punk era you look at like the 80s and stuff you have the fabrication of that now where there's a lot of real young people who's like, okay, how can we look like those people from that era? Right. How can we sound like those people? And that is not what it was about. Those things were born out of a condition. Like yeah. it was a response to something. They didn't necessarily, I mean, of course there are times when people you sit and you meditate about what you might want to do, but they're just responding to their environment. Right. And then we gave it a name or they gave it a name, you know, yeah, but totally. then what, cult sorry. No, totally. I, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. So I think, I think a, like, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, the reason why I think it's really cool what you're saying and to point to, to kind of say that there is a kind of conscious thought to these kind of processes is because people, especially in the art world, like to separate things and go like, Oh, his work is emotional, you know? Right. It's, it's, and somehow as if that's less than, you know, because an artist will come and say, oh, I don't I don't care about my emotions. I don't need to deal with my emotions. So the connotation is that that's really shallow or self-indulgent or it's me, me, me. You know, so we've got these words that have some kind of marketable merit, yeah. you know, or value on them. And they're just wordplay. And I'm like, you're, <laughs> it's, it's a game that we'll put to kind of add some more value to what we're doing. And right. so I just think it's good that you pointed out like, those things are always there. It does. It's just necessary. That's not necessarily what people are concerned about right there and then, you know? Yeah. No, I think it's that kind of, uh, 
assessment that's put on things that can be problematic because in, in speaking about it's funny because you're talking about all oh, the emotion the self-indulgence or whatever yeah. in my work people often the criticism i get is like oh it's emotionless it's like there's no feeling in it it's this cold yeah. removed kind of like you know and i'm really yeah. emotional about it, what i do yeah. it's i'm not you know, if you want to frame like a brushstroke as being a really physical, fast mark as being more yeah. emotion than something that's yeah. like slowly, deliberately put in, yeah. I guess you're just, it's falling on language like it's a trope. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I can make you a pollocky looking thing. Yeah. In, you know, a couple hours that, yeah. that has no emotion yeah. to it. And exactly. Going through exactly. the motions. But yeah. I think people just need, again, people will try to like, boil things down quickly you know like yeah it, that is a problem that is a problem when it comes to you know someone walking outside of their their place in brooklyn and it's like oh that's a black man or like oh yeah. they're asian they do that yeah to just boil people down to the way they yeah. look or boil you know like a painting down by the way it looks or yeah. a sculpture i think yeah. anytime people just want to boil things down and make a quick assessment mm. of it it's problematic mm. but i think that's a problem with the current way our society is, is where we're this deluge of information. People don't have time, I guess, mm. to want to look past the first, you know, to want to get past that first tweet or the, the look past that first representation of like, oh, that art looks like that. So it must mean, mm. that. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's just something I we've got to why, why do you think, why, well, you said people don't have time. Yeah, it's true. I mean, <laughs> laziness. I'll, yeah laziness that's the word i always use all the time like yeah lazy i mean i understand why you have a knee-jerk reaction or one has a knee-jerk reaction to it but i'm like that's just lazy racism is laziness yeah <laughs> the most racist people in the world are just people who haven't been around other people yeah these it's fear and it's you know not wanting to go out and connect with people or yeah feeling of like well i don't understand those people you know what i mean it's just like yeah you're being and it's an ideology mate i i posted something on facebook a couple of days ago saying it was from 1983 with david bowie probably you've probably seen it before questioning mtv going why don't you show more black artists on right. your channel yeah, yeah and the guy started to get really embarrassed and defensive and he even said something like well we feel like you know the more progressive past like new york or la are not just the audience, but we have to think about other parts of the States who might be scared of when they see people like Prince and other black people. And I was just like, <laughs> that's just insane. Yeah. That's just so insane. It's, 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 baby, it's baby steps. <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. it's like if maybe one baby step, good thing that's come out of what's just what's going on now is this yeah. idea for white people to not feel like, their knee-jerk reaction to be like, oh, I'm not racist, and I'll yeah. prove it to you, or I'll yeah. post something, or I'll say something yeah. to make sure yeah. you know instead of just living their life that way, or, yeah. or just feeling defensive all the time. Yeah. You know I mean? Because I think inherently, when pe you know, if someone isn't a blatant racist, like a supremacist yeah. or something, they're yeah. like, well, I'm not racist. And they feel yeah. like they need to defend themselves instead yeah. of listening. Listening you know I mean? or try to see what it's like on the other side or try other to have empathy for other people. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully maybe some of that is, I mean, you know, Obama was talking about how the protests that are going on now has been so different from what he experienced when he was very young in yeah. that there's a more diverse group of people marching nowadays, yeah. which is a big step. Yeah. It's not just yeah. black people, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, may, maybe, 
you know, people can figure it out and just start to treat it. I mean, inherently people are problematic. <laughs> like there's, you know what I mean? It's like, the, yeah. It's the, it's the, uh, what do you call, um, social intellectual gymnastics with a few that I've been doing where I'm like, okay, this is just like intellectual masturbation. Now. You know, you don't generally want a resolve. You have a, a bias, a political, social, whatever bias, and you need that confirmed. So you're yeah. not actually asking me what's the issue, what's going on, what have you been through? It's kind of like, yeah, but what have you been through? You know, the right. emphasis yeah, yeah. on the have, like, has it really happened? Because I don't believe it. So prove it to me as opposed to like you say, listening, which is a different emphasis. It's not prove something to me. It's like, okay, let me just hear. Yeah. So there's no yeah, defense up. <laughs> that's not, that's called not being selfish. Yeah. <laughs> You know, which let's be honest, aside from color, gender, you know, yeah. whatever, there's going to be a lot of selfish people in the world and there's jerks no matter what. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, whether if it weren't race or, yeah. you know, it would be religion or it yeah. would be class, it would yeah. be money. There's always yeah. going to be people who are just, you know, not yeah. quality individuals, you know. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, there's definitely got to be a greater shift in consciousness for the rights of everyone. And, you know, it's yeah. way overdue. And hopefully that we, we're taking steps. I mean, I, I hope, you know, it's, it's hard for me over here. I mean, look at look at our situation. Look who's, you know, headlining the gig over here. It's, That's <laughs> I can't, you know, like when, yeah, when your headliner started out, I was like, kind of like, what Dave Chappelle first of all said, he goes, okay, let's just hope the person does a bit of a good deal. Then later on, it's like, no, nah, oh, this is really bad. And now <laughs> it's just like, now I'm like, okay, it's so narcissistic, so insane, just insane. It's beyond. Sorry, I'm like, beyond. Yeah. It's beyond, forget like, about what? whether one's a Republican, a Democrat. I'm like, guys, let's just even forget about all of that stuff. This guy does not care about you. This guy is out for himself. Uh, 200%. Right? Yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's tricky to say the least. I mean, like, do you feel it? Like in, in Brooklyn, like, are you out on the street and you can just like, you can feel the tension or anything or is it, I mean, you must no, be walking. No. You mean attention as far as like politically, like, no, I think everyone hears, you know, I, I think it's the, the one thing about some a situation like this is it's mm -hmm. really polarizing. You're either on that side of, of yeah. Like, yeah, this is yeah. cool. Or you're yeah. just like, this is crazy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, if you, the thing about the States is if you look at the map, you know, there's a real divide as far as like the geographic kind of like yeah. where people are thinking what, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, I don't feel that really here okay. much at all. So, you yeah. know, it, I don't know. I used to, when I played music and I was in band, we'd tour the country and this is like in the early two thousands, you know, um, the shift of the vibe mm. of the country. It's a big place and there's a lot yeah. of space in between, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, that was kind of an eye opener, you know, and, and this, it's coming from this, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I watched one rally and I just, 
I think it's the head. I just couldn't get. It was a guy from Black Lives Matter movement, and he went to a Trump rally and wanted to speak about police brutality. And everyone was like a Greek chorus, but a drunk Greek chorus in the crowd. And he was just like, um, he went, I love America. And he went, Wah! and he goes, but I hate police brutality. Boo. <laughs> and it was, <laughs> and, then, and he went, it was like, no, it goes, and they're like, that guy's, he was a criminal. He was a criminal. And it's like, no, he was being unfair. He goes, but this is my country and I believe in freedom of speech. Yeah. But it was just like, what yeah. is <laughs> the irony of it? Yeah. I, <laughs> and it was, I, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> but if that's a mentality that you're dealing with, and I, I hate to sound like self-righteous as if I'm some huge enlightened person. No, I'm not trying to come across like that. I just mean on a communicative level of having a train of thought, an idea about something and how you talk about the idea. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't any, it was just like, like I said, like going back to Roman kind of days, the mob or something. It was right. just, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a diehard optimist. Easy for me to say, but I'm I'm hopeful that you know things are turning. I mean, like um, Obama was saying in that speech, you know, things have definitely improved. Mm. You know, he's like for people who say that nothing's improved since you know the days of like you know segregation and all that. Oh so no, they have. Like, things yeah, are have. way too slow improving, but like, and it needs to be fast tracked to like yesterday. But yeah, um, I'm hopeful. But I mean, it's yeah. easy for me to be hopeful. I haven't dealt with that shit like you know for my whole life. So yeah. who am I to be hopeful? But I want to be hopeful for that. You know, sure. Yeah, we'll we shall see. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, and, and with music, like, or what are you into now? Everything? Just, you know, I know jazz uh, and everything. But. Yeah. Um, everything. Like, I've been listening to, so I'm writing something at the moment. So classical music, nice. um, like even like operas and stuff like this, like dramatic kind of sounds. Or I'm just, I'm always looking for like, if I'm listening to hip hop, for example, I want to go, okay, not the who are the forerunners of hip hop right now. I'm kind of like, who's doing something different within hip hop? Like, they don't need to be a name. Yeah. And I probably won't even remember their name. I'm just looking out for the sound because right. I get bored really easily. So I don't know. I'm thinking, is there something wrong with me? Because I'll, I'll look at what everyone's listening to. And I'm like, why is everyone really hyped up about? this individual <laughs> like right, i'm right. really going what is it like I'm, I'm, so I'm listening to over and over again and i can't hear it and i've i think my ears are pretty good and i'm like what's the hype and so it's pop though right i think that's yeah that's, <laughs> that's pop in general like the the sort of attitude on pop going back is that you yeah. know it's just people when things hit a fever pitch mm. it just gets huge you know what i mean like yeah. everyone starts to notice it yeah yeah, pop, and like- you you start to see people. What's a real a real shame is artists who are doing their thing succumb to that sound, yeah. and they're trying to fit in that sound. And I'm like, why are you doing that? I mean, that's always been done. That's always been done. I don't know. Like, I can't. It's just I I go by mood. Like today, yeah. I remember I brought up my iTunes, and it was just it's just very mixed. Going from like 
film soundtrack. Like I was listening to, there's this film called The Power of One that had Morgan Freeman in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I was just listening to the soundtrack of that because it's like South African choral sounds and I love the harmonies you get from those South African, like that South African type of music to, I don't know, listening to something from the 80s or like, it's, it's a mood thing for me. I always try and force yeah. myself into like, okay, I'm going to listen to this, but it never works. It was like, what do I feel like? You know? Right. Did you, did you ever play music? Drum. Yeah. I'm a drummer. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. Kit, um, started off on the congas and then, um, played drum kit for like years, but I haven't, I haven't played for quite a while. I sing as well. And, um, mm-hmm. just kind of, like dabble in and out but i'm not gonna now say i'm some serious musician no i've played like professionally before but i haven't really touched it for a while but you play don't you yeah i mean i used to play you know in bands and stuff and then when i moved to new york and started really doing art stuff it was just hard to have the time to do it so i've you know i've known a lot of musicians in my life and collaborate with them on my animations to do soundtracks and stuff. And that's a way I've been able yeah. to keep in that community. But yeah, I mean, I play every day. I, I play my guitar, you know, and my son plays. So we, we play music yeah. together. Um, yeah, I, love, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't do the rehearsal band. You know, it's just hard to, <laughs> to do that. <laughs> that's no, there's the thing. You can't muck around with that as well. You're either in it or you're not. Yeah. Like, and I'm I'm serious about that stuff, and I agree with it. I think like if you're gonna be in a band, you meet and you work, you know. Right. And I yeah, can't yeah. do that. I haven't got time for that. But I, I just don't know where we would be without that music. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, I know it's 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 integral. I mean, when you're working in the studio, is it is music always on? Are you doing silence or podcasts or uh, mixture? Or like yeah, yeah, mixture like podcasts definitely. Like I'll listen to a masterclass for an hour and then an audio book. There may be a bit of silence or maybe I listen to the sound of rain. I'll find that because I'm just feeling that. Yeah. And then I, then I have, there's my go-to sounds like Felakuti will be on. He's on a lot. Yeah. Just because of that groove, that Tony Allen groove. Oh man, those, Tony, those records yeah. are so great to work to. Yeah. Because- yeah, you know, if you have like like zombie or something like that, or one yeah. of the live records where the yeah. song's like an hour long. Same thing with yeah. Love Supreme. I mean, that's a yeah, long, exactly. Those are great to work to. Yeah, I even exactly. like you know like repetitive electronic stuff. Yeah, like I used to when I was younger. You know, but like in the early days of like Autechre and stuff like that, yeah. I would listen to that yeah. stuff all the time. You know, or like yeah. Oval, like that ambient. It's the ambient sounds. That's yeah. what I mean. I I, I look for sounds. Things that create a world. I mean, sound is always creating a world, but you know what I mean? There are things that are very distinct. There is a real language that's coming out where I'm like, you've taken me somewhere else now, rather than some kind of generic thing that actually can make me feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if I'm listening to something kind of generic, it's really kind of sort of ticks me off. I'm like, who are you? What are you about? Like either be in or out. Right. Like any middle of the road stuff, kind of my body's just like, you're wasting my time. Totally. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I don't like be in or be out. And so, yeah, Fella is on a lot. Coltrane's on a lot. Um, actually, a lot of Kendrick's been on quite at the moment. Like, just yeah. been going through his albums. Like, 
because I love him lyrically. I think he's a great storyteller. Like he's really speaking some stuff. Definitely. Um, Thundercat too. He's got Thundercat yeah. on those records. Who? Yeah. <laughs> is a genius. It's just like lyricism. Yeah. Like just yeah anything that's got a real to get me going like a real beat you know like that does it yeah yeah definitely massively and you mentioned art blakely when he went back to africa like there was a period last year i did this series called lamentations of a prophet and i was just listening to his i think it's called art blakely and the afro the I forgot what it's called um but it's him with this African choir, like three or four female singers, and it's great stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Like he went, he went deep into it. Yeah, but yeah, that's man, so much good music. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I felt I did something once. I never completed it. It's still there. Where I got four musicians to come into my studio and just respond to a painting. And yeah. it was just, we had two on the violin, um, one double bass, and then like vo voices and stuff. And it was just an album made in response to a piece of work. And that's it, so it was, cool. yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. But I want to get it on vinyl. So that's still there. Yeah. Because, yeah, music's <laughs> great. You know, to like stay involved. But, you know, yeah. I, I feel that way. Like when I collaborate with musicians, yeah, just... Like, I'll let you drive the car. You know yeah. what I'm doing here. I'm yeah. just going to, I'll detail it while you drive. Yeah. I'll tell <laughs> you, know? you what's well, Brian. I love musicians' attitude. I love their, because I came from acting world where actors are very like, me, 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 when they talk, me, 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 me. And yeah. then when I would meet musicians, they were just kind of like chilled. Right. You know, yeah. or just yeah. their way, they, yeah, the way they think, they completely understand like process and, you know, yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's a really. It can be a very symbiotic, collaborative, yeah. you know, relationship. But it, it depends mm -hmm. on the artist. I mean, it's not for <laughs> yeah. everyone. But no, I love doing it. Um, yeah. Do you have like what do you have coming up? I mean, has your schedule been totally you know altered by this whole thing? Do you have shows coming up? Are you doing any directing, acting? Like what's what's on yeah, the ledger? It's so I was meant to actually be in New York, showing would have finished last week or something, with Future Fairs. Um, yeah. and I was meant to be there with Beers London Gallery and then I should have been in South Africa this month going into next month showing some work there as well but the, this stuff got postponed so it, it depends like there are some I know that I cannot say but they're meant to be hopefully at the end of the year in Berlin and, and Turkey so let's see that's exhibition wise yeah but um but otherwise, it's just um, making new work and just kind of thinking of different ways I can keep expressing myself in different mediums, whether it's even like animation and sculpture. Like I did my first two kind of major shot sculptures during this time, yeah, which is great. And so I'm working on some more as we speak. And um, yeah, let's, I mean, I don't know what's going on with like, in LA at the moment because at the end of the year you know there's our Basel and all of this stuff and but we don't are these things cancelled are they going on like no one knows so it's all up in the air yeah it's all up in the air well, it's not boring like you said 
No. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not a boring time. It's yeah. it's charged. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking all this time out and Dude, uh, stuff you're you. doing. It's just fascinating. It's it's really great. So it's cool you. to talk. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Balaji, everyone. He's an amazing guy, great artist. Check out his work. Many thanks to him for doing the podcast. If you can, head over to iTunes, take 30 seconds, drop a star rating, five star rating, whatever you think, and leave a comment and a review for the podcast. It really helps. Spread the word to other people who you think might be interested if you could. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to Golden Paints for their long withstanding sponsorship of the podcast. And thank you. Got more great podcasts coming up, so stay tuned.